G'day guys and welcome back to another episode of Thriving in Chaos. Thank you again for joining me here and filling your ear holes with my voice. Before we start, I'd love for you guys to take one minute and jump over to Instagram and find my page, has underscore official page. You're going to find all of my daily content that I post there, which includes sneak peeks of all of the episodes that we have coming up. So that is very exciting. That is Paz underscore official page on Instagram and hit that follow button. I will love you forever. On this episode of the podcast, I was joined by Cassie Bubb. Cassie is a professional dancer turned personal trainer. So we dived into all of those worlds that she has been a part of and has thrived in. So you guys are going to get something out of this. Some of the stories that she tells in this episode are wild. So strap in for those. It's unreal. This episode of the podcast is proudly brought to you by PowerSup Strathpine, Strathpine's best supplement store. Biggest brands, cheapest prices, all available in one location. You can go in-store and use my discount code, PAZ10, for a 10% discount. All of your supplement needs, all in one place, Power Subs Strathpine. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by TACPAC Australia. TACPAC is on a mission to help parents take on the monumental task that is parenting through a range of practical A to Z functional products, but their use doesn't stop there. The features of this gear is set to keep everything and everyone organized and ready to go for anything that life throws at you. So if you're anything like me and you don't have kids, what on earth am I going to use a parenting bag for? Well, their multi-use, multi-functional bags, gear, everything can be used for just that, whatever you need it to do. I use mine personally as a gym bag. You can use it for the same. You can use it for whatever you want. The possibilities are endless. You can go over to their website, tacpack.com.au and use my discount code PAZ23 for a 15% off store-wide discount, tacpack.com.au. Anyway, guys, let's get into this episode. I'm really keen for you guys to hear this one. And until I say something very similar to this at the end of the episode, I'll see you later. Cassie Bubb, here we are. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Now tell everybody that is listening at home, listening wherever, who are you and what brings you here today? Um, so my name is Cassie Bob. Um, I am a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I like to think that I have different hats. A lot of yeah. my clients tell me I have different hats, I have different nicknames, Life Coach Cass. Yeah. That comes up quite often. Yeah. Um, but um, I run Team Bub, which is um, my personal training business. Um, been doing this for a couple of years now, but it kind of was a post pandemic, um, shift prior to that. Um, I was a professional dancer around the world and, um, that was more my background, but yeah. yeah. So what made you get into, and we'll dive into professional dancing because I have, I have (laughs) two left feet. There's a lot in there. Yeah. Unless I have a couple of beers then I'm a great dancer. But I think everybody is. Uh, yeah, that's I my favorite kind of dancing. Yeah. Like, even though people are like, oh, can you can you do the splits? Yeah, that's my favorite one. Um, <laughs> and and everyone, yeah, I mean, I don't know now. Yeah. it's been a while, yeah. so probably not. Yeah. Um, but when my favorite kind of dancing is like really bad dancing mm. and doing it on purpose, yeah. it's really great. Yeah, I think the best dance move that I've ever tried is a hitch kick. You'll know oh, what that is. Yes. And 
I was... I think you've told me about this. Oh, yeah. And I, <laughs> I committed, committed to it. And I've never done it before. I've seen a video of it. I'm like, I can do that. And I couldn't. And I did it on concrete. Worst decision of my life. And yeah. pretty sure I gave myself a concussion. And never again. <laughs> never again. So the, the shift from going from a professional dancer to a PT was obviously, yeah. you said, uh, during COVID. Let's yeah. take a back step then. Yeah. Professional dancing. Yeah. How was that? Where did you go? What did you do? That's a pretty cool... It's, it, it's a like on. huge part of my life, yeah. and I think a lot of um, what I've what I kind of bring it back to is like who am I at the core mm-hmm. of like what well, who is Cassie right? Yeah. Um, and I I look back at like all the things that I've done in my life, mm-hmm. whether it be you know dancing or personal training or um, you know doing social media or videos or things like that, mm-hmm. and all of them have in common performing yeah. or being on stage yeah. or having that aspect of yeah performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what's been that connector through yeah. all of those things. But it was also, you know, moving into personal training came from also my own experience, which connected obviously to dancing because mm. at the time professional dancing was very much about, you needed to look like this. You needed to weigh this. You needed to fit into this costume. You needed to, you know, so you had to look a certain way. Yeah. Now it's, you know, a little bit more blurry. They're, they're not so strict about that sort of stuff. Probably can't be nowadays. Well, and, and that's it, which is, which is fantastic because, mm. you know, different bodies can do different things. Yeah. It, it, you know, to, to be able to have the power and it's like a, anything to do with athletes, mm. to have the power and strength and things to do certain movements, you, you can't have to be someone of lower muscle mass. Yeah. You have to have that strength built up. You have to have the muscle. Um, so and it goes like, alongside with bone density, especially dancers, oh, you know, leaping and jumping to the yeah. great lengths that they do. Injury wise too. Yeah. And that was a big thing. Like I'm going back when I was like training and learning and take stuff. Take us back, girl. Go, take, take us, us back. back. God. Um, it was very much like the gym was like, if you lift weights, you're going to be bulky and mm. you're going to have too much muscle and you're not going to be the right, you yeah. know, shape or look or whatever Super it is. stereotype of, 100%, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I remember going to a, like an audition for a job and I didn't get it because they're like, oh, your legs are too big. Mm, okay. And at the time I looked back to photos of myself at, when I auditioned and I was like, what? Is that a joke? Like I was definitely in like peak conditioning, the fittest I had been, like looking after myself, all that sort of stuff for that time. Now there's obviously unhealthy tendencies that would show up. Yeah. Um, but you'd look back and you'd be like, how is that even a thing? Did that take a massive hit to your like one self-confidence, your your own mindset yeah. and things? Because you're always chasing that picture perfect 100%. to them, yeah. but not to yourself. How did, that, oh, 100%. how did that affect you? Especially like, because you did it for your whole life, right? For- yeah. So I, I danced, I grew up dancing from when I was three. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm talking every afternoon after school, like it was my entire life, like, it wasn't, you know, if you had practice on a Saturday, you couldn't go to the, you know, your friend's party or stuff, but I loved it. And yeah. so it wasn't a, I don't get to go to X, Y, Z. It was a, I love dancing. I love being at dancing. Mm. Let's go do that. Yeah. Um, and then obviously as I got older through, you know, growing up high school and things like that, I shifted alongside dancing and trying to be professional was also then teaching dance at the same time. Mm. So then I got qualifications in being able to teach dance and, Um, like in my final year of schooling, I took over from one of the teachers for like six to eight weeks. And I was doing grade 12 at school, teaching full time, trying to get everything, you know, lined up for what I was doing next. Mm. Um, 
And then, yeah, it, it definitely takes a hit because you're not sure if what you look like is actually what you like. Mm. It was more, okay, well, what do other people think of me then? And it was very much, and that was the way it was. Yeah. Like auditioning and stuff was very much, do I fit into this particular category? Yeah. Can I go for this specific job? Um, and certain people, you know, you certain, like there was, for example, like showgirl work at the time, I was not built for a showgirl. I was a thicker legged girl, um, a little bit more of like an athletic build. And there was just no way that anyone would take me on. Mm. Did I get a showgirl job eventually? Yes. Yeah. Down the track. Can you but... explain to everyone and also to me what yes. a showgirl is? <laughs> yes, sorry. <laughs> uh, um, think like, you know, like cabaret style, okay. like the feathers and the bikini, you know. Like Moulin Rouge type Yes, yeah, like okay. that very much style. Yeah. Um, which... Funnily enough, I kind of fell into for a particular job. It wasn't my thing. My thing was the singing and the dancing and the acting and that kind of field no, as opposed to... Top thing. Yes. Yeah, cool. So um, instead of being, you know, feathers and the whole thing, that was definitely not me. But the job at the time, it, it kind of fell into my lap and I was like, okay, well, we haven't had much work going on. I've got to jump into that let's give it a go. And then I got the job yeah. and then I moved to China. So that was really random, but yeah, that's another aspect of yeah. my life. <laughs> so was that, was moving to, to China and getting that job, was that your first gig, your big first big gig? Or you no. Done so the, the, the thing with professional dancing and with the work that I was doing, it was very, it's very like contract basis. Okay. So, you know, you could be employed for 10 to 12 months and then, I would come home for say three months or so. Um, usually by the end of the first like contract, you'd have something else lined up. So, you know, you've got three months at home to chill, just enjoy holidays, that sort of thing. And then you'd go back, but sometimes you'd come home and there'd be nothing. Mm. And you'd have no job lined up. You just, you know, move back into mum and dad's and hope for the best. And yep. you're going through, you know, what you've earned in that time to try and keep you afloat until the next job. Cause you know, once you're in the swing of things, well, once you were in the swing of things as a performer, it's very hard to want to go back to the everyday life. Oh, I could imagine, like, especially if you're spending 12 months away doing what it is that you love and you're passionate yeah. about, surrounded by a bunch of people who are also, and in my experience with people who have been dancers and performers and things like that, they are very charismatic. Yeah. And so you being around that energy all the time to come back to a normal reality where people are just yeah. like, okay, can you just tone it down a little bit? Yeah. Life's not that fun. You, you don't know where you fit in. Mm. I guess it's a bit like, um, it's probably you in the last year, really. Yeah. Like finding what your next kind of move is, yeah. but then lining up with your values of what you enjoy and what you like to do. And yeah. It's that same. Yeah. Vibe. And it's a, and it's a tricky, tricky slope to kind mm. of try and navigate because you look at all the skills that you have and you go, well, where on earth can I put these things? You know, yeah. like where can, where does this fall into a normal job mm. role or something like that? And uh, maybe I'm going to have to tone down this and I'm going to have to increase that or yeah. I'm going to have to upskill in this area. Yeah. And then as a dancer, what did you find yourself in that if you came back and you didn't have a contract lined yeah. up for the next next lot, however long that was going, what yeah. did you find yourself doing? Did you find yourself enjoying that holiday for the first week or two? And then after that, just kind of sitting on your hands going like, what am I going to do? Yeah. Uh, yes and no. It depended on the time. Like yeah. the first job I ever got was um, I had finished school and I was auditioning for bits and pieces because you have to be 18 to be able to audition. I wasn't quite yet. So I was like, I'm going to go to uni. Yeah. 
worst decision I've ever made. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. Um, and at the time, I wish I had like, instead of going, I don't want to do uni anymore. I wish I had just gone sh and shifted into business or marketing or something like that, yeah. which now I thoroughly enjoy. Yeah. But at the time, it wasn't even an interest to me. And I, it wasn't really an offer either. They weren't yeah. like, oh, if you don't like doing this, try this instead. Yeah. Um, so I was doing drama and music because dance was already there. So I was like, yeah. let's learn more about this. Mm -hmm. And then um, I auditioned for a, a cruise line um, end of that first year and got to the very end of the audition. I was like one of two people that they kept right to the end. So the whole day you're learning things, you're singing, you're acting, you're going in and out of the room constantly. They're cutting people. So they're saying, no, thanks. We don't want you anymore. Jeez, keep going, keep going. Oh, it's brutal. That's, it's brutal. And yeah. it, you know, it was, I was also really new to auditioning, yeah. but I also knew that I had the look. It was for Chicago, the okay. musical. Yep. And I knew that I had what they wanted. Yeah. Um, and I was really confident in that. So I just was like, let's go. Let's just send it and mm -hmm. see what happens. Yeah. Got to the end of the day. They were like, yep, great, great, great. And I didn't hear anything for about three months. And I was like, Oof. I was like, okay. And it got to the time that uni was going, pick your subjects again for the second year. And I was like, man, I really don't want to do this. Yeah. But what else am I going to do? Yeah. Like, I don't, if, if I don't do this qualification, you know, am I going to be able to get to where I want to go? Because it had streams of, you know, TV acting and stuff like that. And I was yeah. like, oh, that was something of interest to me. Um, and then that very morning that I was picking my subjects, I got the offer for the job. Yeah. You leave in four weeks. Is that normal for it to be like that length of time in between or was it, it because... It can be. Yeah. It can be. Particularly like in the musical genre, obviously they have to find very specific looking people for the very specific roles. Yeah. So... To be able to, and also like most um, companies do auditions like around the world. Mm -hmm. So it's not just when they come to Australia, they, you know, pick you from right there and then. Yeah. They have done all of the states. They've done London, um, Paris, like they've gone everywhere. Yeah. So by the time they come to Australia, which is usually at the end. Because mm, they're so fucking far away well, from Well, yeah, everyone. it yeah. takes forever. Yeah. Let's not talk about the flying <laughs> aspect. But by the time they get to you, they already have a rough idea of, you know, who they're going to have, who they've seen already, who they so like. So you really got to stick out. You got to like, like push it. Yeah. yeah. Um, sometimes they get lucky and they come to you first. Yep. And great. Um, and then, yeah, that very morning got the email, you leave in four weeks. And did and you I just was, run out of the university with, you know, middle finger salutes uh, to well, everybody? Well, I hadn't just, even picked my subjects yet. I was at home and yeah. I just was like, mom, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And like, obviously they were free, like full excited, freaking out as well. Mm. Cause they're freshly 18 year old daughter who was, you know, didn't really do, I didn't go clubbing. Not I wasn't really rent. like, yeah, that's yeah. right. You know, <laughs> never been outside of the country in her yeah. entire life. Had to then go jump on a plane and travel to the other side of the world and fend for herself. Yeah. Um, which was absolutely thrilling and exciting, mm. but also completely terrifying. Yeah. Because I hadn't lived on my own. Mm -hmm. I had mum and dad as comfort, you know, I'd just come out of school, you yep. know, but the thought of performing and having this big grand adventure, I was just like, well, of course I have to, I yeah. have to go. Um, and then, yeah, four weeks later I was on a plane and on the other side of the world. And so what cruise line was that with? So I worked for Royal Caribbean for, mm -hmm. um, about three contracts. Yep. Um, and then I moved to Celebrity, which is like their sister company. Okay. Um, and there, there was a couple of little jobs. China was in there somewhere. Um, yeah, little bits and pieces yeah. throughout the time. So which one, which out of the, the dancing picks that you got to do yeah. the different contracts and things, which one was your favorite? Which one was your least favorite? 
I think they all had like aspects of amazing. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, with any contract being away from home for an extended amount of time has its pros and its cons. And, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, it's not bad life living on a ship, traveling yeah. to different countries. Yeah. Like so many of the places that I've been, I would not have been if I hadn't done the job. There's mm. just no way financially or, you know, to be able to pay to go to all these places. Yeah. There's no way I would have seen half of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that aspect in itself, life-wise, is just I would n- never want to, like never wanted to do anything different because mm. that was just such a big part of what made it amazing. Yeah. Um, plus being able to, you know, perform in these fantastic shows. Like I ended up doing Mamma Mia as well. Um, and then I did more like general sort of shows, but it had that aspect of the musicals and things that I liked. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess the travel and being able to do what I love to do at the same time, it didn't feel like work. Um, and then being able to shift the, the, like the last few contracts that I did more into like management style and, and, um, you know, having to rework the shows if someone got sick and having to, you know, rejig everything so the show still went on or managing the team and things like that. That was a very big learning process to also be now in what I'm doing and being able to use those skills that I've built up to then create a successful business that leads people in the right direction. How many shows a day were you doing for like something like a, like a cruise ship? It depended. Sometimes you'd do a double show. So you'd do like a, a seven and a nine. Um, but on say the bigger musical ones that I was doing, we would do like um, three musicals at the start of the week. And then you would do um, the alternative show, which was very like Cirque du Soleil style yeah. um, flying. There was, yeah, it was a bit more of like a production style. Yeah. Um, and then we do a double show night and then another show. So six, seven shows a week, depending. Um, some are like some ships that are a bit smaller do more shows. It just depends also on like the itinerary. Yeah. If you're going on like a 14 day cruise with the same people on, they're not going to want to see the same show seven times. Yeah. So it just depends on yeah, what the schedule works. And so how did you go then with like, that's a massive workload, especially like as a performer, you are the, the show. People yeah. are there to see you mm. and they are ready to feel your energy. And if you're not given that, then they're going to yeah. be like, that was shit. Like, yeah, you know, that was 100%. average. Yeah. How did you go with having to be that bright and bubbly and, you know, charismatic all the time? Yeah. I mean, people ask me that now. They're like, how are you just on all of the time? Mm. Um, and I think it comes down, I'm, I'm just a really passionate person. Yeah. Just, uh, I'm like high on life person. Yeah. Um, not all time. Definitely mm. not. Especially, I would say, over the course of building my, biz- my current business, there's been a lot of like the up and down. But what, back then when we were doing shows, we had a lot of downtime too. Mm-hmm. You know, during the day, you could go and lay in the sun or you could go do things. When I was doing management stuff, a little bit different, yeah. you know, you had to do attend all the meetings and do the um, emails and things like that. But the lifestyle is pretty good. It sounds pretty yeah, good. Yeah, it's not I mean, bad. <laughs> I've, ne- I've never even been on a cruise ship, let yeah. alone, you know, living on one basically. Yeah. And so when you when you did transition out of doing dancing into now your current yeah. role as a, as a personal trainer, what made you – make that move was it a forced move did you get injured did you do something like that corona (laughs) good old rona because i was on a ship at the time um and we were floating off this is like a story that most people are like i'm sorry what this happened to you um 
so we were floating off the coast of Miami, um, you know, on a normal cruise. And we're hearing these things of, oh, there's, there's the virus going around this and the other. And we're like, okay, cool. Like, you know, something to be aware of, obviously like cleaning standards on ships anyway, are just so full on. Yeah, like we already had a lot of structure in place. So we're like, okay, yeah, we know as crew, we knew what to kind of expect was going to happen. Yeah. Um, and then we got an announcement one day, we were actually just rehearsing and we were saying, um, all ships are stopping sailing. Um, all passengers need to disembark tomorrow, which was the, you know, the next day. Um, all crew were to stay on and uh, we'll have to monitor the situation for about two weeks. And we're wow. like, okay, cool. This is serious. You know, all right. Yeah. Um, and so all passengers got off. We had about two weeks on the ship to enjoy ourselves because there was yeah. no one around. And at that time we were in a bubble. Mm. Um, we didn't think that we had any virus on the ship either. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then a, a couple of days into that, closer to the two weeks, then we got obviously told, right, everyone back to your rooms, not to come out until you're, you're told. Right. And that started my 76 days. 76 yes, days. in isolation. Wow. Then plus two weeks isolation when I got home. Oh, well, whatever. Yeah, That's quarantine. nothing then. Yeah. It's How fine. was... So what did you guys do for that 76 days that you were looking So the first, the first week in the cabin that I had, there was um, no window... Um, so I had no sunlight, just a, a tiny shoe box yeah. of a room. I had my bed and bathroom and everything in and food would be delivered yeah. at certain intervals throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily I had a lot of friends in the corridor next to me and we all, you know, you could still kind of message here and there. The internet wasn't so great, but we kind of went, we need to change this. We need, if we're going to be in here for a while, we need at least a window or something. Yeah. So we, we managed to get moved, which was really great. Um, and they had moved all of the crew into like what the passenger cabins are. So it was one person per room. Um, and that is, yeah, where I stayed. So I had a window and then you could see dolphins outside, which was great. Yeah. Um, and then we just had those regular updates between yeah. what's happening in the world. Cause we we're quite disconnected as well. Yeah, like imagine. we, you know, you have a little bit of internet coming in and out, but we're also floating in the middle of the ocean. Mm. Um, so trying to also talk to mum and dad about the situation as well and go, Hey, like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm not sick. Um, I don't know what the go is on how to get me home yet. We're, we're just, it's just so touch and go. Yeah. And it got to a point where I had packed my bag six times because the plans had changed. So on and off, you'd be like, yes, we're, we're flying home tomorrow. No, we're not yeah. unpack. And it got to the point too, where they were trying to collate all the countries together to be able to put people on flights, box send everyone home. Yeah. And I was the only Aussie on my ship at the time. Great. Yes. So luckily we were able to get onto obviously foreign um, uh, department here. A private jet. Yes. Oh, that would have been lovely. Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Come and get me. Just helicopter down on the yeah. front. Yeah. Um, and mum was like, hey, like, do you know that my child is there? And they're like, no, there's no Aussie on that ship. There's no Aussie. And she's like, no, there is. Yeah. She's there. I just spoke to her. Yep. So luckily then I got moved um, to three different ships across the time via lifeboat. Wow. <laughs> All my things in the lifeboat onto the next ship. Um, and it got progressively better as we went along because yep. the ships were then in a bubble. Mm-hmm. So we could, you know, go in and out of the room a little bit, but we were still confined to floating in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. And eventually got taken to uh, Barbados where they let us in, which was fantastic. Yep. And we're sitting in the airport for maybe six to eight hours, this outdoor airport 
boiling hot, just sitting with all your stuff like, are we going to get on this flight? We don't know. Yeah. And then we got flown to London and I remember them saying there was about oh, 30 to 60 Aussies that all got put together. And they said to us, look, we can get you to London, but we don't know if we can get you past there just because of the world shutting down. Yeah. And we were like, okay, cool. And luckily I had friends there. So I'm calling my friends going, hey, do you mind if I come and live with you for a bit? It could be up to a year because that's what they were saying to us. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, of course. You know, so luckily I had options. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, okay, worst case scenario, I've still got somewhere to live and we just ride this thing out. Little did we know, obviously it went on for a while. A long time, yeah. But then, yeah, so it got flown to Qatar and then Qatar to Brisbane, another two weeks isolation. And finally got to see my family. Man, so. that is a long time. Yeah. How did your How did your mental state go yeah. with that? That's like that's a long time to be because I know that a lot tough. of people you know were in 100%. isolation for yep. such a long yep. time. And in a lot worse, like in the grand scheme of things, a lot worse positions than what I was in. I was very lucky to not have gotten sick as yep. well. Um, but yeah, it was to be, I mean, you still could pick up the phone and call your friend three doors down, you know, like most people still had that communication, but you know, when the internet would drop out, if you're trying to call home and have that emotional time to go, yeah. Hey, I'm not doing so well, yep. that was a bit tricky as well. Yeah. And then when you get, you know, you'd be all G'd up to go home and be like, yes, my bags are packed. Mum and dad, I'm coming home. So good. And they're like, actually, lol jokes, you're staying for a while. Oh, I know I'm that like, feeling. Oh, so yes. Well. Right. It'd yeah. be very similar. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it wasn't, I would say because there were so many unknowns, like I didn't really think about it too much when I was on the ship because everything was changing like on a daily basis. Yeah. One minute you were going to this ship to try and get home, the next minute you weren't. Mm. So that kind of kept you on your toes. And the, I guess the frustration of it being so temperamental, yeah. that was hard, mm. but it wasn't until I got home and did the isolation in Brisbane, they put us in a hotel um, in the city and I was really by myself. I was mm. like, okay. Mm. Yeah, there were definitely a couple of days where curtains were drawn in bed. I stayed. There yeah. was, yeah. To try and comprehend like one, you know, possibly that my career is over. Yeah. You know, what if this goes on forever? Um, you know, for an extended amount of time, I'm getting older. I, you know, can't obviously do anything with my body to keep me that way right now. What do I do? But plus just the magnitude of what that time was by myself, yeah. you know, um, on top of then the contract that I had just done as mm. well. Of, and there'd been a lot that had happened as well, you know, between people injuring or sick or this, that, and the other. So like job wise, it took a lot to then have that happen. It was like, okay, we're processing everything all at once and how do we do that? Mm. Um, so yeah, it did, I was a bit grateful for that hotel quarantine to just give myself that time to go, okay, this is what's happened. Yeah. This is potentially what your future is going to look like. And I wasn't ready to say bye either. I wasn't ready yeah. to say, yeah, I'm done. Because I was in the prime. I had gotten a singing and dancing role that... I had worked so hard to get and to be recognized as that because I was a dancer first. I, yep. Singing wasn't my strong point. So yep. to be able to land that was like amazing yep. to then have this happen was like, oh man, what do I do? 
So, yeah, then obviously came home and I was anticipating, to, you know, oh, it'll be three months, three months, it'll be fine. We'll go back. Yeah. You know, everything will be fine. Yeah, no. No. So it just kept getting delayed, delayed, delayed. And it got to a point where I was like, I can't just keep sitting around. And I mean, prior to that, I'd already had interest in fitness and, um, and you know, personal training. And I had already started my qualification prior to leaving for that job. So yeah. things were already in motion. Um, and I was like okay, maybe I, maybe I lean more into this. If that's something that I enjoy doing, it appeals to the skills that I have. Um, maybe I, I see where I can go with this while I'm home. And if the opportunity presents itself that I can go back at some point, I've also got this at home to keep me afloat while I'm in and out. Yeah. It just didn't end up that way. And I got right into it and I was like, yeah, I'm stuck. I'm yeah. good now. I'm so staying. how was that How was that decision, mate, having to have that hard chat with yourself and mm. being like, this is something that I've been doing since I was three years old. Yeah. And now circumstantially, yes, it's been kind of stopped for me. Yeah. But then you also have to be like, because you always see it, especially like I can relate it yeah, to yeah. footy players. Yeah. They hold on just that little bit too long and they play a season or two a little bit too long. They're a little yeah. bit slow now because they're a little bit older. And all of those Injury things. Injury-wise, like, yeah. you're so much more susceptible and then, to that stuff. Yeah. And then you have to have that hard conversation with yourself. Mm-hmm. How was that to, to wrap your head around? Oh, I definitely wasn't ready because yeah. I was like, I am in my prime. I'm hitting my peak. Like, this is – I finally got what I've worked hard for. And I'd yeah. done, like – I'd had dapples in it in contracts, but this was – I was finally recognized as – you are a good enough singer. You are a good enough dancer to be in a role that is somewhat leading the show, yeah. right? There's, there's kind of structures of it. Um, but, you know, I had my own songs that I would sing by myself on stage. To me, that was like, yeah. done. We Unreal. made it. Yay, yeah. great. Um, because it was so, being dancer first to get to that point is a long road. Yeah. Um, you know, skill-wise, you've got to obviously make your way up experience-wise. Um so that part was really hard to go. At the time, I didn't think I was done. So I was like, oh, well, down the track, it'll, it'll happen. I'll just keep yeah. myself going. Um, but to make the decision of, no, I'm not going back. Yeah. It, obviously the pandemic kind of assisted that because I was like, there's so many variables. What if I go and get stuck again? What if I get sick? What if I can't make a home? Like there was a lot of those things, the logistics yeah. of it. But it was definitely a hard blow to go, you're, you're making an active decision to stop doing what you've worked so hard to do. Mm. But after I then got Fall past in love that, with something else yes, as well. Yes, and it, it, yeah. the thing is it wasn't so far, like I said before, like it's all the things that I've done in my life have this one constant, which is performing yeah. of some kind, whether that be filming content or personal training or there's an aspect of performing and being on stage in those things. Mm -hmm. And so being able to shift into this new path of life didn't feel so different. It was more, okay, who am I at the, at the core of myself? What values do I have? Like at the very, very basis of it, what do I love to do? Which is I love performing Mm -hmm. and I love being able to have a hand in, helping people yeah. because coming through dance teaching, it was always about, let me help you learn how to dance or let me help you mold into a really great performer or being more confident Mm -hmm. or, um, 
that that kind of then shifted into obviously what I'm doing now, which is very much the same. So the transition was tough in terms of establishing myself in that industry, in that field, which mm-hmm. is still baby, baby tiny fish in big yeah. shark water. Yeah. But it didn't feel so out of pocket that I didn't feel it was achievable. Well, the first thing with a personal trainer is you have to be able to sell yourself to people. Yeah. Otherwise, they won't buy your product. And your product that is, is the main you. thing. That is the main thing. Mm. People know what they're buying. People know they come, you know, they're, if they're looking for a personal trainer, they're expecting to get training. Yeah. That's, that's a given. But what they actually are buying is you as a person, mm. what you can give them, whether that be, you know, helping them to be more confident, helping them to expand their knowledge, helping them to be a better person just yeah. overall. Mm. Um, it becomes less about the training and more about how you can mold this person into leading their best life. Yeah. It's just a, a byproduct of that. It supplements all those other things. Mm. So how did you find the transition then into personal training? And you just touched on it, little fish, big shark water. Yeah. And personal training has been like, how old am I old now? You're um, not that old. You're not even that much older than me. Mate, my knees hurt when I wake up. That's, yeah. a, that's, that's Every day it's something new, isn't it? That's a Roll over like, and you're like, ooh. Mm. Yeah, that didn't <laughs> that's hurt <nice>. yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I used to be a personal trainer back when I was like 20. Yeah. And... I did it back then. It was very different to what it is now. Uh, Instagram, Facebook and things like that were nothing. Like it yeah. was just like it, was, it wasn't a thing. That whole side of it is wild. Let's oh, just say. Yeah, Let's I can imagine. Wild. We'll dive, we'll dive <laughs> into that's that. That's a whole job in itself. Oh, like. my Lord. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And back then it was, it was always – it's always the same process. It's always getting people to yeah. trust you as a trainer, getting you – them to understand that you know that you know what you're talking about yeah. and so that you can show them – that you have proven results from previous people and also that they can uh, confide in you that I, you can trust me to look after you. Yes. And how did you find the transition then to find your feet and go, okay, this is this is my niche as to what I'm going to focus on? And you also need to keep your, your lenses broad too yeah. because if you, if you streamline yourself too much, you'll get fixated on one thing and you'll yeah. miss all these other opportunities. Yeah. What did you find was the this is how I'm going to do it and this is why. What was your yeah. why for that? I, it's a really weird story mm. and it's kind of a bit hoody doody. Mm. Full moon type stories. Yeah, you kind yeah. of. You know. I'll get the crystals out. Yeah, charge yeah. them, yeah. get them going. <laughs> um, but back when I was dancing, I had, um, I had many injuries, shoulders, snapped ligament in the foot you know how good yeah really great yeah um as you do you know when you put your body on the line these things happen yeah um and i went and saw a he was acupuncturist but kind of psychology but kind of just guru vibe i was gonna say sounds like a guru guru vibe um and you know i'm getting needling done and he's like have you have you ever thought about doing something different and i was like what do you mean i was really young too and i was like no, this is what I want to do. Yeah. This is what I've trained my whole life to do. What do yeah. you mean, man? Yeah. And um, and he was like, I feel like in your life, your life purpose is meant to be helping people. And I was like, okay. And at the time, I'm like, what is he going on about? Yeah. He's like, I, something where you're really hands-on and helping people like just be better. And he threw out things like physio and, and stuff like that. And I, I did cross my mind at some point, mm. oh, I probably would enjoy physio. Yeah. You know, I, I liked learning about how bodies worked, getting people feeling better. Also just in my own personal you know fixing injuries and stuff it fascinated me of how do we fix this why do we do this Mm. um 
And I never really understood what he meant until I started my business. And I started interacting with so many different walks of life. Um, You know, mum who's got three kids, um, young kid that doesn't know what direction they want to go in, someone who's lost their way in terms of, you know, career and things like that. Just a very broad range of people, different ages and things like that. And once I started to really connect and have a hand in helping them just be better people, Mm. then I was like, this is why. Mm. And it made so much sense long, many years ago, that guy saying, you're meant to be helping people. That's your purpose. You're meant to have a hand in helping someone to be their best self. And that is like the absolute core and basis of what I built the business on Mm -hmm. because I had seen a lot. I'd, I'd spent a lot of time, you know, looking at personal trainers before I even, you know, thought of doing the business and going, what do I like? What do I like about this person and their business? What do do I not like about this type, you know? Um, And there was a lot that I kind of deduced from spending time watching, you know, people in the street, people around me and going, yeah, I really like how they do that. Or I really don't like how this happens. And then I was able to like kind of construct the way that I wanted to do it. Um, And, I will 100% say I'm not the most technical trainer in the world. If you want me to tell you about how this insertion point and this thing, like that's not how I operate. Yeah. But to get you doing what I need you to do and doing it the best that you can, mm-hmm. 100% I yeah. can do that. Um, but Which yeah. I think most people want these days. Most people, yeah. like unless they are themselves like a bit of a science nerd and they like yeah. you know the way that the anatomy works Absolutely. and how all of you know your your body moves and why this does that. Most people just want to go, you know, like tell me what this is going to work, why it's going to work it and what kind of result I'm going to get from doing it. Absolutely. And, you know, like because most people are just like – the reason why I'm here is because I don't know things. So teach me but do it in a way that I can learn. And everybody learns differently too and that's a hard – thing yeah. to, to wrap your head around as a PT because some PTs uh, and teachers in general, mm. like of whatever skill, they learn one way and then they try and teach that to somebody yeah. else and they're just not re- like they're not receiving it and you just say, why are you not reciprocating what I'm telling yeah. you? And then you have to go, okay, well, I have to rethink of the way that I teach it mm. and then all of a sudden they just go, oh, yeah, sweet. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, why did that take me so long to, to figure it's out tough, the people? especially yeah. in a new PT, like – you, you know, you go through your course and you get taught, this is the way. And then you jump in the water, you jump in the deep end. You're like, Ooh, that is about this much of the way. And there's yeah. so much extra. And a lot of the time I've had actually clients say to me, they're like, you have a very play school way of explaining things. And at first I was like, I don't know if that's good. Is that yeah. a good thing? Like, I don't want to make people feel stupid. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. I don't yeah. like, it's not in a patronizing way that, mm. oh, you know, you don't know what you're doing, but the way I, a lot of the time, like the way I bring it back to in terms of dance teaching as well, is if you can't relate to something, there's very little chance that you're going to learn it. Yeah. So in the way that I describe like, you know, doing a bicep curl, I want you to f- try and feel that, you know, you're juicing the orange out, you're juicing the juice out of an orange yeah. between your forearm and your bicep. And people mm. are like, oh yeah, that's really good. Mm. So it's, it's not a way of dumbing it down, but if you can connect it to something that they already know, you're going to have so much better results and getting a lot better success out of them a lot sooner because they already have that in their head. Mm. So if you can make that connection, it makes it so much easier to communicate. Mm. You also learn a lot more, you know, if that doesn't work, then you learn a lot more about 
where the gaps in knowledge are, how you can communicate that better. But you can't just go black and white with people. And that's why in, you know, when you sit down with someone for the first time, people don't care how much that you know. They yeah. really don't. Yeah. They, they, like I said to you before, they, they're coming to you because they want training. Yeah. They have an idea, a general idea of what training expectation is going to be. But if you don't give a shit about them, mm. that is going to be very clear. It's going to come through in the training and ultimately they're just going to leave you. Yeah. And it, it's that vicious cycle because a lot of the time, yeah, okay, they might not be doing what you want. You might be trying to get them across the line to be doing their workouts or doing their nutrition or doing what you need them to do to get the goal that they want. And they might not be doing it. But if you care about why, that's why when, I hate when trainers say, oh, leave your excuses behind. I don't care about your excuses. The excuses are the reason they're there. Mm. So let's work on why we're making them because they're not going to go away. They're going to mm. come back. We all do it. We all make excuses. So let's work on the reason that they're there in the first place. Mm. Why do you keep making them? Because there's usually something back here that's the, really the core problem. So if you're only focusing on the excuses, we're not actually addressing the issue. Yeah. So if we do work here, then we can go, okay, cool. So now when we want to make that excuse, we've got a toolkit built up to go, okay, cool. I'm going to give this excuse, but now I know what to do with it. And it's not a matter of pe making people feel like they can't make excuses. Absolutely you can. Things happen in life, you know. But if you have the tools and skills behind you from someone that cares about you as a person instead of just the result, and I guess that comes back to just goal setting in general, right? Yeah. Like if you're more concerned about the steps and the process that it takes, you're going to go further than the initial destination. And it's not about that. It's about the, it's not about the outcome. It's, it's about... It's the journey to get there. Yes, absolutely. It's the steps, which sounds super cheesy, right? Mm. It's like every quote that you see on Instagram. Yeah. But you learn a lot more about yourself in going back to behind the excuses. Why are we making them? And building the toolkit because it's not just the training and being in the gym in front of me that you're going to use that for. Mm. You're then going to go to your job and go, hang on. I'm making this excuse because I don't want to push myself. Right. How do I do that? Where's my gap in my knowledge? And that, I've seen that with clients as well. People have gotten their dream jobs because of schools, uh, skills and tools that they've learned in the gym. Mm. And they don't realize it until they start applying it in other aspects of their life. And they go, hang on a sec. The gym's not just about what I do with my body. Yeah. And I, I had love because you and I share the same passion for fitness and mm. looking after yourself mm. and, and also chasing the result that you do see in the mirror. That mm. is, you know, because that is a, an immediate goal, not immediate, but you know, yeah. like it's something that you can see and it's tangible yeah. and you can go sweet. It is the gym exercise in general. doesn't have to be necessarily going to the gym and lifting weights. Yeah. Putting yourself into some kind of physical pain as far as a workout goes, mm. as far as going for a big walk or upping whatever it is that you do, yeah. just that little bit. When you push yourself through that pain and you mm. push yourself through that little mind block that you had normally, when you get to the other side of it and you look at yourself and you look at your watch because you've been timing your workout yes. or whatever, timing <laughs> your run, or you look at yourself in a couple of months' time and you're like, man, I look physically so much different and better than what yeah. I did. I, mentally, I feel so much better because I have learned and I have pushed myself mm. to get past that blockade that was in front of me that I have normally used as an excuse to be like, that's enough. I put my hands in the air and it's too hard and yeah. that'll do me. And yeah. it is so important to find what it is, is the block 
and what it mm-hmm. is that is stopping the river of your life from flowing. What's the dam that's there? Yeah. And most people, and me, myself included, have been too afraid to dive into that and look at what it is because most of the time, yes, there are very not rare occasions, but there are lots of times when the reasons why those blocks are there is because of some kind of trauma that has happened yeah. in whatever facet. It doesn't mean mm. something crazy has happened, but traumatic to you. Yeah, trauma is and a scale. That's There's, right. Yeah, yeah. And it's all relative yeah. too. Yeah. But it's not discrediting what your trauma is compared to what mm. somebody else is in. Somebody might have gone through something horrific yes. and that is super sad and unfortunate for them, but that doesn't mean that your trauma is not is, real yes. and it doesn't mean yeah. that it doesn't matter. It doesn't it, invalidate your feelings about what's happened to you. Absolutely. Yeah. And so many people get stuck there and they just go, well, that happened ages ago. It doesn't affect me now. Yeah. Yes, it does. It yeah. does affect you now. And mm-hmm. it might be something small. And if, if it's something small, then why don't you fix it? Do yeah. you know? And, yeah. and that realization of what you were just talking about, let's come away from the excuses because we know that they're there. Yeah. But let's find where that excuse is stemming from. Mm-hmm. And then people go, man, I never realized that this was something that I've been holding on to for so long. Or they go, damn it, I have been holding on for that for so long. And you have come in and stirred the pot and made me go, I want more for myself. Mm. So you get to do that on a day-to-day basis. And that is super rewarding, but it's it's also very taxing for you too as well. You take on a lot because people eventually do trust you. And it might be from the beginning and it might be, months or years later how do you deal with the amount of energy that people put onto you and you have to deal with that Mm. and process that i think it comes back to wanting to just even have the smallest hand in helping someone to be better at that life at their life yeah um and interestingly like when we when we focus on those things that are how do we make you a better person how do we you know, what are the skills, skills and tools you can learn in the gym and then you apply it to your career, your relationships, you know, you become better in general. Mm. A lot of the time the like the physical aspect slips away. It's becoming, it becomes less important because we, talking about, you know, trauma and things like that, we think, oh, well, if I look like this, I'm going to be happier. Mm. And I guarantee you will not be because you haven't dealt with everything else going on behind Mm -hmm. the scenes you might have a little bit of satisfaction it's a little bit like you know that instant validation of oh i broke my phone cool i'll go buy a new one Mm. it's that same sort of feeling so yes of course you know we all want to look our best and feel our best but it might be different to that initial idea that you have once you start working on all of these other things like being healthier being there for your kids, being stronger, being able, being just more capable as a human. I find Mm -hmm. that is something that's quite powerful is being able to walk up the stairs and not being out of breath. Mm. Um, Being able to chase after your kids in the backyard, lift them out of the car, things like that. Um, But with that, yeah, it does. There's a lot of, there's a lot to unpack for a lot of people. And when you're seeing someone two, three times a week and you know, you're seeing, photos of them in, you know, smaller clothing, underwear perhaps. It is quite a vulnerable relationship. It's a yeah. it's it's built on a lot of trust and they need to know that they're not you're not going to judge them. They're not going to mm. get any judgment from you. Um and in my time, I've been told a lot of things mm. and the people have 
opened up a lot, but I come back to the fact that I have the opportunity to be this for someone, be this person. And no matter, you know, how great it is, how big, terrible, you know, it is, I get to be that one person that they feel like they can come to, they can tell about it and I can hopefully help them progress into a direction that, you know, in 10 years time, they're going to go, remember that trainer I had once? Man, she was cool. Mm. She really helped me get out of that little rut in my life or, wow, look at this job I'm doing. You know, I wouldn't have done it because I wasn't pushed. Yeah. So I come back to that and sometimes days are heavy. Mm. I, I will absolutely admit it. There are days where I get home and I sit down on the couch and I'm like, I, I got nothing. <laughs> There's just yeah. no more to yeah. give. Um, but that's when then I fill up my cup in other areas and mm. I have George and I yeah. have, you know, my own training and going adventuring and things like that. And I find other ways, but I also look back to what if I need someone? Mm would I be able to find someone that I could confide in confide in, and trust that much to help me get wherever I need to go? Mm. And a lot of people don't have that person. So yeah, that is the basis of, of the business, the basis of me as a person training is that if I can have even just the slightest hand in helping someone, you know, out of a hole, being better, progressing in their life, just feeling better in general, it, it doesn't matter the load that I take on. I'm happy to take that load. Give it to me. Like yeah. I'll hold on to it and I will do what I need to with it. And I, there's, like I said, there's days that are definitely harder than others, but I always come back to that. You know, people need someone. People need at least one person in their corner to be like, you got it. You can do it. Come on. Mm. Off you go. And do you have that person in your corner? I think I have several people actually. And it's actually quite funny how the roles reverse a lot of the time with my own clients too, you know, after showing them, you know, this is the person that you can be fathers and this is how you show up fathers. Then they do that to me and they're like, how was your training today? I saw you finished a workout. That was good. Yeah. Have you followed your meal plan today? I'm like, whoa, okay. (laughs) But it's that same thing. And I know, and I've built wonderful friendships and relationships, um, with, you know, people that have come and gone as clients or even just people I've met, um, who are those people and that I know I can go, Hey, I'm feeling like this and, mm. and have that bit of a lean on there. Um, so I think it's, it's a cycle, you know, and in the, the right kind of people that should be in your life should be like that. Yeah. It should be a, a give and take scenario where you're both helping each other out, climb the ladder yep. instead of a, okay, well I've helped you up. All right. See ya. Have fun at the top. Yep. It's not about that. I put up a quote today um, and it was something that I was always taught as a kid. Mm. My uh, my parents, are they're very religious people mm-hmm. and um, which instilled a lot of great values in yeah. myself. Um, and one of the things that my dad used to always say, especially when it came to picking my friends and mm. picking the people that I was around, because obviously as a parent, they were concerned that I was going to make either good choices or bad choices. And because I was a rat bag, I made a lot of bad choices. (laughs) But one thing that my dad used to always say to me was iron sharpens iron. And it took me years before I figured out what he was talking about. Mm. And it's that the people that you surround yourself will either sharpen you or they will bring you down to a level where you are blunt. Mm -hmm. And you always want to be sharp in life. And I always think about people who say things like, you know, I would 
I would die for my kids or I would die for my dog. I would yeah. die. Okay. What are you willing to do to live for them? Yeah. What are you willing to do to change what it is that you're doing that is an unhealthy habit? And that, and I'm pushing away from health in general from, yeah. you know, like what you're eating and yeah, yeah, whether yeah. or not you're moving enough. But what are you doing for yourself mm-hmm. that you are the best version for people in your life? Maybe it's not kids. Maybe you don't have kids. Yeah. And maybe it's your partner and maybe it's not. Maybe it is literally just for, just for the person that wakes up every day because you're the only person that you can control. You can have all of these great people that surround you all the time and they can tell you all of these great things about you and they can fluff your yeah. feathers and blow smoke up your ass and make you feel really good about yourself. Yeah. But what are you looking at in the mirror mm-hmm. and you go, I fucking hate myself. Yeah. And what is that? Why do you have that feeling inside of you? What it is it that you can do to live for yourself and yeah. get yourself to a point where you can look at yourself in every aspect of your life and go, I am the best version of me because I am a constant work in progress. 100%. And it is never, you'll never stand at the the end of the race and be like, I have won. It is always one step yes. at, you know, in yeah. front of you because if you get there, you'll... That's great. Yeah. But then find the next finish line and go, okay, well, I want to do this now and yeah. then go and get it. And that's and- like, I feel like that's in any, in any conflict that you find arise in your life. We talk about fixed mindsets and growth mindsets, which I kind of hate. There's not a, it's not a black and white situation yeah. because there's going to be days that you have a fixed mindset yeah. and you need to be in your feelings. You need to sort out why you're feeling like this and also just feel your damn feelings. Yeah. Like, I cannot stress that enough. People go, oh, but we've got to be positive all the time. No, feel your damn feelings, mm. right? There's a reason that you have them. Feel them. Yeah. And then go, now what? Always ask yourself, now what? Yeah. And you might not be done feeling your feelings, but at some point you've got to go, righto, what's next? Mm. What's next? And yeah. continue to push yourself so that you can become more progressive and gain that momentum to head in the right direction. But... It's, it's not a black or white situation, you know. It's people get on this very toxic positivity train of, oh, but I've just got to be positive all the time. It's like, well, we're not actually dealing with the crux of the problem. We're not dealing with what's actually going on inside of you to be able to get you out of that and then into the direction that you want to go. It's like I have um, a couple of younger clients and they, and they say to me, they're like, I don't like how I feel. I don't like how I look. don't like the habits. I feel like I'm not going to get to where I want to go. Hmm. First of all, you're just babies. In, you know, in the grand scheme of life, like if you're between 20 and 30, you've you got time. You've got time to figure it out. No one hasn't figured it out. Um, but they go, you know, oh, I'm, I, I don't want to miss out. I don't want to, I have a fear of missing out of my fr- with my friends and what if I have to say no to my friends and things like that. And I'm like, the right kinds of friends and the right kind of people around you will not be bothered that you go, hey, I can't can't go to the party this week. I've got to get this study done, or I'm working on my business, or you know, I've got to I've got to do this extra shift at work so that I can use that money to go to the gym and things like that. And they get so stuck in, oh, I'm running out of time. I'm like, I'm 28 and I still don't know what I'm doing mm. half the time. Like, it and society puts that construct of time on you, but it is a matter of you know. You have to look at yourself. The sooner you can, great, mm. awesome. Start there. Work on the demons. Get past it and then slowly work away. Do they go away completely? Hell no. Mm. But again, it's creating that toolkit 
and the skills to go, all right, when this shows up again in my life, because it will, there's different things that happen. You know, it's just because you've dealt with it doesn't mean it's not going to come up up again. Mm. People who say get really fit and healthy in their 20 to 30s might get to their 40 to 50s and be completely the opposite. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that once you're there, you just, oh, suddenly I'm here. It's a constant work. But if you have those the skills built up then, then those skills don't go away. You mm. can use them and go, hang on, this has presented itself again. I've got these t- these tools here. Which one am I going to use to get me out of the hole? And I think it's also important for people to know that it is never too late to begin the journey of building what those tools are. Yeah. Because you might be somebody that is super lucky and gone through almost the entirety of your life without anything bad really happening. Sure, some hardship here and there, but nothing that really kind of sticks out. And then something happens and you just go, I have no idea what to fucking do here because I am lost. I've never had to deal with this. Yeah, And that's why it's important to come back to like what I was saying with iron sharpens iron. And Mm. if people that you have, and to piggyback off what you're saying as well, the people that you have around you, if they are genuine and they care about every element of you, not just when you're doing well, but also when you're doing not so well and when you're struggling and whatever that struggle looks like, they're the ones that just go, what is it that I can do to help you? And it might not be anything drastic. Yeah, it might not be that like the general idea of how do I help you? It's not a physical thing necessarily. And I don't have to get it either. Just because you want to get yourself, you know, ahead or learn something new or go to the gym to Mm. start with, they don't have to get it. They don't have to be going to the gym, Mm. but the right people will go, I can see that you're trying to be the best version of yourself. I don't get it, but I'm going to be here to help you do that Yeah, because they want to see you succeed as a person, not see that you look a certain way or that, you know, you get this amazing business. If the business is what you get to, fantastic, yep. awesome. But if you don't get there either, okay, well, let's change tactics. Yeah. Which path are we going to go down now? You've got these skills. It might not be this way, but let's go this way. Yeah. And it's it's finding, you know, which turn. It's not always that straight point A to point B. Yeah. It's going to be this way, that way, this way, that way. And you might end up in a different town to what you initially thought yeah but it doesn't mean that you failed Mm -hmm. and if you haven't taken different turns and wrong turns and jumped over the roadblocks and done all that sort of stuff then are you really on the path that you're meant to be on yeah you should be challenged it should be you should be questioning is this right for me because if you're not if you're not uncomfy if you're not you know questioning if you're doing the right thing it's not scary enough. It should be terrifying. If you are on the right path to where you want to go, whatever field that's in, mm-hmm. it's not not health, could be job, could be family, whatever. If you're not going, man, this feels like a real big jump in the deep end, it, it's not big enough. Mm. You know, starting, even starting my own business, yeah, I, I was qualified, cool, I ticked all the boxes. But jumping in the deep end of, you know, not having a backup plan, and not having a side job to go back to or anything like that, leaving the career that I knew for so many years behind and just going full dive in. That was the only way. Mm-hmm. The only way to have any chance of being successful was to just head first, go for it. Yeah. Whatever happened then, you handle it. It's it's not a, oh, well, I didn't work, so that's it. 
Mm. It's a, okay, what now? And I think the important thing to note with that is that the the deep end felt like it was deep because it mm. was a new challenge and mm. but you were skilled to be able to yeah. equip yourself with what you keep on saying with mm. the tools to be able to go when I make this plunge yeah I will be able to keep myself afloat if I back myself yeah. and I have other people rallying around me to back mm. me as well and I even think, if you don't feel like that, even if you feel like you don't have it, because imposter syndrome is real. Holy, it's so real. So oh my scary. God. Yeah. <laughs> even doing is... like this nutrition course that I'm doing now, I'm like, do I know things? I don't know. Yeah. Like, but I know that I will know things down yeah. the line. And if you're passionate enough and you're committed to, in whatever capacity, being that best version of yourself, yeah. it doesn't matter which way it goes. Mm. You know, as long as you can keep treading water, You'll never sink. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You just exactly. keep going and you just find a new way. Yeah. There's always a way. Mm. And that, it's something actually in the last two weeks that I've found is quite a topic is yeah. there is always a way. Mm-hmm. It may not be the way you want or the way that you like, but there's always a way. There's always a path to get you where you need to go. It might not be the ideal path. It might not be the social media path of what you see. Oh, well, this person did this. Okay, but they're not you. Mm. You know, they they might have a different um, foundation behind them to get there. Mm. But it doesn't mean that you can't get there. It's just what works best for you. How do you get there? You know, you might have some, some fallbacks and you might have some pushheads, but if you just keep strong in that, passion for what you want for yourself, you can't fail. Absolutely. And so you have built yourself a very successful business within what you do. and Very lucky. Very lucky. Very lucky. Um, especially with what you said before, like small fish, big pond. A lot of people who start their PT business, me being one of them, like I started and then I pushed for a little while yeah. and then that was when the whole social media thing was starting to lift and I wasn't, I didn't catch up to it. I also didn't have enough fucks to give about it. Yeah. And I was just like, ah, oh, whatever. Like, you know, I'll just do something else. Yeah. It's, um, it's a job in itself. Oh yeah. It is a job. Like no wonder people outsource because it is a job in itself. And by no means do I think I do it that well. I think I've been quite lucky and that I like graphic design and I like editing videos and filming content and stuff yeah. like that. So in that aspect, I think I've got down in terms of like the analytics and all that sort of stuff. I don't know about that. I, I, I only have one page for both the business and myself. I just post my life yeah. and I just chat shit on my stories yeah. and hope someone thinks that's cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but most people like that though, because it's real. It's real. Yeah. And I, what I see come through with a lot of my like leads that, you know, get sent to me, um, or fill out my form is that at the bottom I ask them, why did, why did you choose me? Mm. And a lot of the time it's like, what you see is what you get. Yep. You know, I'm, I'm buying the person that's doing the funny story talking about her life. Mm. Um, so that side of things is what social media is for me, is that yep. like authentic side of things. I'm just sharing my life. Yeah. You know, if you, if you like it and you want to buy into it, cool. Awesome. Yep. Otherwise have a laugh, get on with your day. And it's, yeah, it's definitely a, a whole side gig. Yeah. It's a whole thing. And it's in business in general, it's part of it now. Mm. You can't expect to have a really thriving, successful business if you don't put effort into that side of things. It's all all in one now. And the effort is always that it, you don't get necessarily the um, the instant gratification for it. You put, mm-hmm. you know, weeks or hours, like hours a day. And I know for myself with the podcast, yeah. like, you know, you put in hours and hours of work of yeah. editing the video, editing the audio, making sure that people are, 
you know, doing all the things that you need to be able to keep the momentum moving forward. And some days the momentum feels like you're on a treadmill and you're yeah. just sitting there going round and round yeah. and round and you're just like, oh my God, like what is going on? Yeah. Instant gratification is something that we have been kind of forced upon with, mm. you know, things like oh, social media and things like that. And that's all fine. Um, but it never stops the grind. You have to grind. You have to get after it. Yeah. You have to chase it because nobody's going to do it for you. No. You have to do it. And also, it comes back to what we were talking before, is the journey is what when you reach the end goal, whatever that goal is, whether it's short term or long term, mm-hmm. or when you reach it, you'll be able to go, I am so glad that I did the work because now when I sit in my self-glory right now and I look at everything that I have and I can go, I did this yeah. and you are you are so allowed to do that. Mm. You are so allowed to be proud of yourself and what you've achieved 100%. and what you've done. And I think that that is something that is almost been a part of the, the storyline that people go get rid of that bit. You're not allowed to be proud of yourself. Yeah. And you're like, it's like, what? oh, your head's too big or yeah. look at the ego or yeah, yeah. it's, it's important to celebrate those things that you have worked really hard for. Mm. And there's a way to do it without being a dick. Yeah, you know, absolutely. like there's a way to be like, I'm really proud of what I've built. Yeah. Um, and I, it comes back to who you are as a person, you know, yeah. are you just chasing that dollar sign? Are you just chasing the next client? Are you mm. just chasing the clout on social media? Mm. Or are you genuinely invested in being part of something bigger than that? Yeah. And, you know, the human experience in general, yeah. is it, is it more than that? Is it less? You know, and either way, like there's a place for everybody in yeah. it. But for me to feel fulfilled in that, there's got to be more to it. Yeah. And I guess it's like, you know, you it's very easy for people to see and listen to to podcasts, Instagram pages, things like that, who have got the hundreds of thousands of followers mm. and they're making you know, who knows, X amount of money, but they're doing well for themselves. They drive a Ferrari kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, that's great. And that's fine that they are there, but a lot of the time, and we were talking about this before the podcast started, is yeah. that it's that middle it's that middle section of the work that yeah. people don't see. A lot of people see the result and they see the beginning and they don't stick around to see the middle, the middle bit. It's boring. Yeah. It's boring. Honestly, the middle is boring because you're doing the same work day in, day out. Your foot's on the pedal and, you know, it is this repetitive cycle and you get stuck in almost like a no man's land because mm. you're like, I'm so far from the beginning and everyone talks about starting, you know, starting your business, starting your health journey, that yeah. sort of thing, how, tips on how to get well, started. Well, we've even said it like, you know, you've got to take that that leap the and leap. dive into yeah. the deep which end. is 100% true. Yeah. You have to dive in and, and everyone talks about, about it. what about the rest of the length of what the What about pool? the in-between? Yeah. What about from, you know, uh, for me, like in terms of bodybuilding, wanting to compete um, back end of next year, I'm, you know, I've been training the gym consistently for a while now, so I'm not starting you know, I, I've got a good foundation on what training is meant to look like, food, things like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm also in a position that I'm so far from what that result is. Yeah. And I go, okay, well, how do, how do I continue to have the, you know, the gratification of starting and being consistent and being, oh, look how good I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And also that end result of I got here, fantastic. What bits in the middle are going to spark that for me to keep you know, the, the dream life to keep yeah. that focus and drive to go, yes, today I'm going to eat my mince and rice again for the hundredth time, yep. you know, like what, what about the middle? What about when it is boring and it's not exciting? And I think that's a lot, 
that point is where a lot of people fall off Mm -hmm. because you know yes partly social media it makes everything wonderful and exciting and if it doesn't feel like that i guess it's also like in relationships too you know you're gonna have you know the the highs of when you're meeting and you're dating and it's all exciting and things um you know and then there's the timelines like wedding and things like that which are really exciting right yeah but yeah, like in the middle. Yeah, they are exciting. They are yes. terrifying. Yes, I'm excited. <laughs> it's stressful, but yeah. in the middle, you know, when it is just day-to-day life and you're mm-hmm. just, you know, going about your business, how, how, do you, how do you keep yourself going through that period of time? I yeah. feel like no one really talks about that. And it's the hard work and it's the consistency. Yes. I, I put up, I read this quote the other day from mm. Denzel Washington. I love it. Dreams without, uh, sorry, dreams are just dreams. And ultimately, they fuel disappointment. On the road to achieving your dreams, you must apply discipline, but more importantly, consistency. Mm. Because without commitment, you'll never start. But without consistency, you'll never finish. And that plays into the hand of what we're talking about right now. Have the dream. Absolutely. Yes, you have to have the dream. Because that's what excites you. That's that's what wakes you up in the morning. And you go, yep, today I'm doing this. And it can't be be small enough that in the short term, you can be like, woohoo, I'm done. Yep. Because then what? Yep. Right. And then you start the process again and, or you might not start the process again because you're like, well, I've done that. So I'm good now. Yeah. And if that's you, that's, that's totally okay. Yeah. But it is that middle part when it is boring. And I think in terms of hitting goals, you know, going back to the gym too, like it's that in between that mm. people either thrive or they fall off mm. because when you're doing it right, when you're you know on the path to success, it should be boring. Mm. It should be just turning the wheels, keeping it going, and doing the same thing repetitively. And eventually, that adds up, and you find okay, we're gaining speed now, we're gaining speed. But if you veer off and you try something different, you've almost stunted that. Mm. And it's that in between that people just can't seem to grasp yeah but it's the most important part of success it's not the winning it's not the starting it's what are you doing in the meantime mm-hmm. and churning away every single day yeah. a little bit little bit little bit little bit because if you're not doing anything you know you're not getting anywhere yeah you may as well do something yeah. something is better than nothing yeah. if you um i actually saw a um a video on instagram today jocko willink yeah fantastic mm-hmm. love his books yeah and he was like, if you do something once, you're not going to get any result mm. for it. But if you do it a hundred times, you're going to be a hundred times further. But if you do nothing about it, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. If you do something, you're going to get somewhere and somewhere is better than nowhere. Yeah. So it's, and it's that same thing. We, we get very hard on a goal being very specific. This is the outcome. This is what I want to achieve. And along the way, in my experience with clients and things like that too, is they learn that, hang on, it's not, it wasn't about that specific goal. It was about what I learned about myself. Mm. And that part is what I really needed. But to put that into words, you know, unless you've been able to do a lot of work on yourself and break it down and go back to the before the excuses, you don't know how to put that into words. We put it into something that's really quantifiable and go, this is what I want. Mm. But really, is that really what you want? Yeah. Or is it all these other things that you know are a part of it that are going to actually take you even further ahead? Mm. And I always, I always fall back on for myself as well is how can I ever expect to get 100% of the result if I'm only willing to put in 10% of the effort? Yes. And yep. 
that's across everything, fitness, work, relationship, you yeah. and 100% can look different from day to day. Yes. 100% can just be waking up and that's 100% of the effort that Absolutely. you can do. And that's great. Yeah. Just keep on doing that. Mm. And then 100% the next day will look completely different yeah. and you get so much done. And that's definitely, it's something that I am finding myself continuously mm. all the time, every day, waking up and going, what does my 100% look like today? Mm. What am I going to be able to achieve for myself, for my surroundings, for the people in my life? What does that 100% look like today? Yeah. Yep. And break. Let's go. Yeah. You know, and also also being okay with what you what you're saying is kind of going left and right and veering around the obstacles and the roadblocks that are that are coming up and mm. but still maintaining that 100% attitude that yeah. no matter what comes my way, I will always get up and go again. Yeah. Regardless, you know, get knocked down six times, get yeah. up seven. My mum's like, favourite saying is carry on regardless. Yeah, she has beautiful. told me that since, God, ever since I can remember, Yeah, is no matter what happens to you, you don't give up. Mm-hmm. You know, between my both my parents, this is them to a T, is you don't give up and you carry on regardless. Mm-hmm. And you put one foot in front of the other and it doesn't matter which way you go, you just go. Yeah. And I think... It's a really double-edged sword, like mm. this particular topic of your 100 is enough, right? Yeah. Because we've also got to draw a line in the sand and go, okay, so are you just being, you know, are you just doing the best you can? And, and yep, that is your 100%. Or are you using that as a crutch to not do the work that you need to Ooh, be doing? yeah, yep. It is and a that, fine line, hey? It is a super yeah. fine line. And, you know, we see it of, yes, your best is enough. Absolutely it is. Your best is enough. You can't do better than your best, yeah. right? And if you can be honest with yourself and go, yes, I'm showing up 100% every day. It might look on paper 70%, mm. but if that's all you got, that's all you got. Great. But if you're noticing a trend over time that, you know, your 100% is only 60 to 70%, that's continuing continuing there's a there's a greater problem here yeah. it's not you know and you might have a lot of things going on in your life that cause that to happen mm. absolutely no worries but a lot of the time what we notice is that it's out of fear of okay well if i give 100% what happens mm. what if i don't get 100% of the the result yeah. back but yes. i give 100% what if i of give this much and i get this much in return mm. and it's it's Again, with people and relationships too, even in as a trainer in with clients. Yep, you can give your 100%. They might not do what you want, but they might have a better attitude at work. Yep. Or they've been able to work better on their relationship at home. Mm. They've been able to start eating lunch more consistently. Mm. That's then the 100% kickback. Yeah. So it's, it's, again, it's not about the outcome. It's the, the effort. Mm. The effort is more than the outcome. Yeah. And if you can be honest with yourself and go, you know what? Yeah, actually, I've only been giving 70% because I'm scared. I'm scared of what if I can't give 100? Mm. What if I'm not smart enough? What if I'm not fit enough? What if I don't have the discipline there? Well, you're not going to get any of that unless you give it a go. Yeah. See what happens mm. and then go, okay, cool. So if my 100% is 60, how do I work on that? Mm. How do I change my mind frame to go... No, I can push a little bit harder. Mm. And every time that you think that you're at your 100, you've probably got another 20% yep. there to give. And it's important to know that it's not going to be all the time. Mm. 
you should not be able to give 100% of your effort to everything all of the time. Yeah, burnout is a real thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But if you can go, right, here's three main things that I really value and I'm going to give my all to them, it's better than doing trying to do 10 things and giving 10%. You know, it's going to take a lot longer for you to get ahead by going, I'm going to try and do all of these things at once mm. instead of going, okay, what are the what's the lowest hanging fruit here? What is the the three key things that I know can get me at least a little bit in the right direction. Give your all to that. And you'll probably find that you are even further than you thought you would be doing all of the things at once. Mm. So we talk about all of this and you being the very charismatic person that you are, you are the face, you are the, the person that gets everybody to keep turning up. Mm. What's something that you struggle with though on a daily? What's something that you have to go man, I have to wake up and choose to put 100% of effort into this. Yeah. Um, I think it, it, the, the social media aspect is a big one for me. Obviously, you know, um, people dedicate their entire lives to social media and looking a certain way and being able to show up. Um, and some days it's hard to be on 100%. And I feel that... It's almost fake if I try and make content when I'm not feeling that 100% because it's going to come through. It's going to come across. Yeah. Um, and that is something that I do struggle with is in person, I can, sh- I can show up to my – if I'm 80%, my clients can feel that. I'll still give my 100% effort if I'm only feeling 80%. But it's also a bit of a, like a, a learning tool as mm. well to be like, hey, you know, I'm going through this. I'm feeling like this but I'm still doing what I need to be doing. Yeah. Um, but in terms of social media, definitely is, you know, having that energy to be 100 on socials because they don't, they don't get you as a human. Mm. They just see face value of right. Who is this person and yeah. what do they bring to the table? Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, I just, I can't force it. Mm. I can't force it. It just, it seems unnatural and it seems fake. And that is something that I like to, be quite sure of on social media is you know the person that you see is the person that you get yeah there's no there's no like oh i look like this on social media but really i do xyz habits differently yeah um that part is hard to in terms of success there and to break into i guess that world of things um because it does require you to be on all the time and to be you know posting ridiculously and all that sort of stuff. And then it comes down to, okay, well, what am I okay with? Mm. And if you're okay, you know, with, you know, having 60% effort into it. Awesome. Um, it's something that I want to work on for sure. Being a little bit more, um, I guess, consistent with being able to freely post content and things, but there's also an expectation there, you know, to be able to break into that market and to, poke through everyone to be like, ha ha, look at me in, you know, again, small fish, big shark pond. There's a lot that goes into it. So that aspect of things is definitely challenging. And what's something that you are absolutely kicking goals at? Obviously the business is doing very, very well. Yes. Um, And so what's something that you are just like, I'm proud of myself for this. I think sustaining it through the duration of the business. um, 
you know, everyone says, oh, it takes you such a long time to get off your feet. You'll never get there. Like give yourself three years before you're running up and running. And, you know, in the first two to four months, I was just pumping, absolutely Mm. pumping, doing, you know, almost 50 sessions a week. Um, And that was consistent for a really long time. Um, And then I was able to drop back a day and still keep that pace up, um, which gave me more time to work on the business, which was great. Yeah. Um, but it was always, oh, you'll get there, you know, don't worry about it. You'll get there. But I was like, hang on a sec. Like I'm already here. Mm. What do you mean? Yeah. Um, and so like for me being able to sustain that consistently through the last couple of years and, you know, obviously you have your dips and your ups and downs and things like that, but not one time I've ever wanted to throw in the towel. I've gone, okay, cool. We're going to ride this wave for a little bit. What next? Yeah. What's a different way I can go about it? What challenge can I do? Mm-hmm. What content can I provide? What value can I give? There's there's so many questions to ask, but something that I've learned along the way as well is that you got to ease off the gas every mm-hmm. so often. Give yourself a mental break too. Yeah, you yeah. have to just cruise sometimes yeah. um, because you, no one can be 100 all of the time mm. because you'll crash so fast yeah and so to be able to ride the wave of the ups and the downs and go and it's hard because i'm very much someone that is you know i want to be successful i want to be the best that i can be and if i'm not being the best then i go "Hmm, something's wrong oh no and it is it's not a fear of failing failing but i don't i don't like to find myself in that position because i know i expect more of myself Mm. i hold myself to a higher standard i know what i can achieve but it's also for me, it's been being comfy mm. in not being unsuccessful, but not being peak performing balls to the wall yeah. all of the time. Yeah. It's not failing. It's still successful, but it's okay. Mm. It's okay to, you know, ease back a little bit and go, all right, we're still doing okay, but we've got to regroup a little bit so I can then push again. And it's not, you know, if things drop off or if, you know, take a bit of a dip or whatever it may be, it's not a matter of that. Oh, well, you failed. So mm. that's that. That's no, completely fine to reorganize yourself and yeah. just go, okay, I need to re readjust and go, okay, mm. sweet. We're doing well in this area. So we'll go and we'll focus on the yeah. things that we're not doing so well in and then streamline ourselves that way. Yeah. And that and it, it makes it all exciting too. That's right. Because then, you know, you ease off, you cruise for a bit and it's, it's not that things are doing badly. It's just that, okay, we're just going to show up. We're going to do our best. We're going to cruise the middle. Mm, right the middle the middle we're going to do our best we're going to keep ticking the boxes keep showing up and then you get this spark and you go sweet now i'm going to do this 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 and i'm so much that person and like i've either got nothing going on or i've got everything Everything. going on it was i think it was monday and i was driving home and in the space of the 10 to 15 minutes that it took me to drive home i was like right i've got this idea this idea this idea message this person yep we're signed we're doing this cool yep and i had like three or four things in the works and i'm like right that's the next four or five months planned out yeah and at the time i go sweet cool but i don't give it the magnitude that it should because of you know say the two months before that it's just been cruising and going i can't think of an idea what am i going to do what's the next big thing and in the space of 10 to 15 minutes i'm like oh well there it is yeah cool and it it's giving that enough moment as mm. well to be like, it makes the, the lesser points okay. Because mm. I'm like, I know it'll happen. I'm not taking my foot completely off the gas, but yeah. we're, we're just idling for a bit. We're yeah. just going to chill for a bit. And that spark will come and then we'll run with that for a mm. while. 
and then we'll ease off again because that's already established. We've we've set that base up. And we're good. We're going to cruise. Yeah. And then we go again. Yeah. And it's, I feel like that's for PT starting out as well. It's a really hard for for the first twelve months of my business. It was a hard concept to grasp mm. for sure, because it was like you always need to be grinding. You always need to be on the hustle if you want to be successful. And it gets to a point where you're like, I got nothing. Mm. I, I don't know. I don't know what to do, where to go. I've got no ideas. How do I keep going? And it's being okay with just ticking the boxes. Yeah. Just day to day, tick the boxes, and eventually. Something will come up and be like, oh, yeah, let's add that in. Cool. Yeah. Yes, I've got the energy to recharge and add that extra thing in. Mm. But, yeah. It's so a, what's, it's the, uh, what's the spark? What's the thing that's going to get people excited to join hashtag team hashtag, hashtag. Um, Well, currently I'm studying sports nutrition. Yep. So that's a really exciting um, value add to my business. Yeah. Um, so then I'll be able to um, offer more specific um, nutrition plans for different, um, you know, demographics mm-hmm. um, but also then having meal plans as well um, custom meal plans offered um, because in Australia you need to be insured and registered to be able to write meal plans um, yep. it's a very slippery slope mm. with um, nutrition you can give nutrition advice but you can't write yeah so you know for something that's kind of prescribed to you mm. you need to be obviously insured and so that's what I'm doing at the moment which yep. is a lot of information and I'm learning a lot which is really good um, so adding that aspect to the business is something that I've wanted to do for a while but now I feel like it's established enough that I can have a little bit less time you know on the business and have this going in the background and and that's the thing you can't always have this at a hundred percent if you want to level up yeah you've got to put your energy elsewhere but then once that's finished go for it it's going to be you know gas on let's go So that's going to be really exciting over the next kind of couple of months. Um, I've got, you know, a couple of team events coming up. That's something I'm very big on is the community of the team. Um, We don't, it's not just about, can I get you the result? Mm. I want you to feel like you belong to something and that, you know, you can connect with people and we've got a mountain climb coming up. The team birthday is coming up. Um, We do different things. We've done um, 80s themed bowling nights and like just stupid things, but it brings everyone together and they feel like they're part of something. And Community is something that most people lack in their life, but they really, really need. Mm. And it makes everything better. Mm. And like you said, you know, having people in your corner, having those people that you can rely on when you're going through stuff, that community aspect, whether it is an active, you know, that you've got friends in it and you're constantly there, or you just know it's sitting in the background and, you know, in a Facebook group, you can have a chat or put a meme up and have a laugh. Like that is really, really important. And mm. I think business-wise, it's been one of my most successful drivers um, is having that connection and community built. Um, but there will be a uh, another Team Bub challenge coming. Good. Which is very... Um, it's very different to a lot of other challenges that I do. It's not... There's not a prize for who's lost the most weight or who has you know, gained the most muscle or whatever that is. Um, and there's a lot of challenges that work like that. But... The way I do it is, you know, based off a a leaderboard system that you earn points for doing certain tasks, you know, completing your workouts, leading healthy lifestyle habits, that sort of thing. Washing your car. No. (laughs) Honestly, I did one that was make your bed. (laughs) I'm not even joking. Make your bed. Because when you make your bed, 
it's a task that you've already ticked off before Absolutely. you do anything else in the day. You're yep. already successful. Yeah, Jordan Peterson talks yes. about that all the time. Yep. Get up and make your bed. Yeah. If you make your bed, you've already started the habit ticking process yep. throughout the day. And it's something so simple, but it makes a difference. Yeah. And then you find that once you've done one thing, then it just continues. And you oh, yeah. and you spiral through the day going, oh, hang on a sec, I've got all this stuff done. Yep. Um, so yes, yeah, silly things like that. But in that we do, you know... Um, we've done recovery nights and we've done, um, different things. And I do get guest speakers on and we talk about gut health and we talk about, you know, mindset and body image and all these different things. Um, and we have like live conversations kind of similar to this and Mm -hmm. chat about those things that people need knowledge on, you know, it's not, it's not about their specific training or their specific goal, but it's information that will help them in the long term Mm -hmm. to be better humans yeah um so yes that will be coming uh back end of february into march and they're usually quite quite a riot so yeah i could imagine well i mean and it's good though like community is super important like what you just touched on it's super important to feel like you're a part of something because then you don't feel like you're alone and you can just like you said reach into reach into that pocket of people and just go i need a little bit of a pick me up right now and then i'm going to put it away because i um, i don't connect in that way and that's fine yeah and that's Um, it it doesn't need to be a direct you know let's talk yeah it can just be that oh those people are there cool they're going through what i'm going through Mm. just to know that in the background at least it's there if you need it yeah absolutely yeah. And so if people are listening to this and they just go, well, I'm in the local vicinity of Cassie Bub, where can they find you and where, what can they, you know, get a hold of you? Yes. So um, I operate face-to-face coaching out of World Gym Brenda, mm-hmm. um, but off uh, online coaching as well. And you can be anywhere in the world for that. Um, so you can hit me up through my social media. Um, there's also links to fill out forms if you're looking at coaching with me. Um, and then we get in contact and we can either do, uh, face-to-face meetups or, um, also like video calling and things like that. And you can also get to know me too. Cause a, a big part of it is I want to make sure that we connect, uh, rather than just get you the goal. We, you know, the, I know I can get the best out of you if, you know, we connect on some form of emotional level as well. I can relate to what you're going through. Um, I can help you be a better person in general rather than just get you the goal. The training part is pretty straightforward. Um, But, and then that's the thing, you know, we're not for everyone, you know, just because, you know, your friend has a trainer that they really like doesn't mean that you will like them. Um, And it's about that partnership and and feeling safe in that relationship too yeah. that they're going to look after your health because that's that's a really big thing too mm. you know they're looking after not only you as a person but your health as mm. well um and making sure that it is someone that you can trust and feel comfortable with to open up those vulnerable sides of you because there's going to be a little bit that gets unpacked um and so that's why i like to have that kind of face-to-face time of just getting to know you as a person and, and finding out what makes you tick a little bit to see can i actually help you am i the best person for this job mm-hmm. and if i'm not totally okay i'll you know we'll find other avenues to get you in the direction that you want but it gives you a chance to get to know me as well and see if i'm that person that can help you along mm. and so what's your handle on instagram um cassie bub underscore team bub but if you just type my name in then that should come up first one on the list bang yeah well is. no one no one really has my name so yeah. it's kind of a selling point <laughs> it's kind of like a easy marketing strategy yeah but i've had people be like is that your real name? I'm like, yes, that's all right. That's my real name. Yeah. They're like, oh, I just see it on shirts all the time. I'm like, 
that's my, that's my now, name. Now, one question before we <laughs> round this out. I have a question about the yellow choice. Oh, yeah. Yellow is everywhere yeah. with Team Bub. Where yeah. did yellow come from? I've always loved yellow. Yeah. But I wanted something that was that represented me being all the time. So loud, loud and bold. Loud and bold and yeah. exciting and fresh. And yeah. But to me, it's also a really strong color yeah. without being aggressive, mm-hmm. without being intimidating, without being, you know, I mean, it's a lot. It mm-hmm. is a lot, but yeah. Um, and having something that represented me as a person, which is passionate and, and bright and, you know, invested in, what I'm doing, um, but also, you know, goes along the sign of sunshine and yep. happiness and uh, you get a good vibe when you see yellow things. Like the amount of times people go, oh, cool, yellow car. I'm like, yeah. yeah. You know, even just that smile alone is like someone smiled just because of that. Yeah. So it, has, it leans into that aspect of it. But also yeah. I just really like yellow. And that's all that really matters, really. Yeah. You have to like what you yeah. drive. You have to like I couldn't what just you have everything yellow because yeah. that would just look a little much so the black's in there to like tough it out a bit yeah you nice know? Yeah. so it's like Beef tweedy, it up. it's like tweedy and sylvester at the same time yeah how that's, good that's like the energy yeah how good <laughs> that's why george is in yeah. yellow everything yeah good well it's a neutral color yeah but it's a good color though i like it and yeah. it stands out yeah well cassie thank you so much for thank coming you. in today i hope that everybody that's listening goes over to instagram and what is it again one more time for cassie the handle bub underscore team bub there you go so make sure you hit up cassie for all of your workout needs workout on needs. your mind and Games your body days. <laughs> cassie thank you so thank much thank you well, thanks again, guys, for joining me for an episode of Thriving in Chaos. You can fill out a Q&A here on Spotify and tell me what you liked about the episode, what you got out of it, because it's important that I know that what I am releasing, you guys are enjoying. If you haven't already, hit that follow button, the little bell icon, and you can stay up to date for all of the new episodes. You'll get notified when a new one comes out, so you'll always be in the know. Head over to Instagram, Paz underscore official page, and you can send me a message. Tell me what you like, what you don't like, what you'd like to hear more of. And you can also see all of my daily content that I release. Anyway, guys, that's enough from me. And until next time, I'll see you later.